so one of the other um, philosophers that come, mm. came up was um, Nietzsche and uh, well, Birth, of Birth of Tragedy. Yes. So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah unfortunately, uh, Nesso's not here. No, no, we should have invited her on this yeah, one, yeah. but I'm sure she can chime in in the, in, uh, in the, on the Facebook page and, and make a little contribution if she'd like. Yeah, I've always liked this. I've always liked this this um, uh, this this part of uh, Nietzsche's uh, philosophy, though, and uh, it was always, I always found it really fascinating. So, um, so he looks at the um, um, classical uh, Athenian tragedy, and mm. um, and um, I think he he he. he it's a focus on if I'm right I can't remember exactly is a focus on the chorus right which I think um that down the ages has been like passed on I think you get choruses in um um in Shakespeare like they're just like the ordinary people uh soldiers and things like talking about the action Mm. Mm. and um and I think what um Nietzsche really liked about the uh tragedies because they they brought the kind of the the most hideous obscene problems of humanity to the fore and almost yeah well definitely kind of they're celebrating them in it for that um uh i i, I don't want to say catharsis i'm not sure if it is mm. but it's a kind of way of uh of um looking um looking at humanity in all with all its kind of you know hideousness and not shying away from it which i think yes. you know the, the idea yeah, the kind of platonic idea is definitely that, isn't it? Move it, this move more to you know the good, and um, and um, affirming it with, uh, passionately and joyously. Mm. And uh, yeah, I've always I've I've always liked that, and it's kind of a the the um, the mix of uh, Dionysus and Apollo as well is like a big theme in mm. it. Um, so yeah, if if you just have Apollo and just mm-hmm. this structure. Then it's then things uh, there's not going to be like a, that that kind of um, uh, inspiration and driving force behind um, culture, mm. and yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that's uh, a kind of a way to celebrate humanity is by you know, looking to its kind of dark heart. I mm. think that's what you know that's what theatre does as well. Absolutely, mm. absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's it is it is fascinating, isn't it? That that's that's um, I mean, at its at its best, theatre can be very revealing in that way by by you know implementing what you know uh, what what some people refer to as like concomitant variation. You you tweak something. You say, okay, well, here's a situation that we might all be familiar with, mm. uh, and you feel kind of fairly complacent that you understand how you would operate in that situation. Mm. But what if we change this? What if we put a situation? You know, what if we in- introduce this character to this situation? How would you operate then? Um, what would happen if this event took place? How would you operate then? Um, and it, it creates, you know, it can create a range of thought experiments mm. um, that make that that you know create can you know can create kind of boundary situations for you. You think you know without, without actually creating them, it's like a soft boundary situation. There's nothing on the line for you. You're not mm. actually in a situation where you have to make that judgment or a mm. particular determination. But it throws up that kind of what if question, you know, what if this was the case? What would you do? And I'm thinking, my God, what would I do in that situation? Or you might see mm. your, or you might see a character, and you might think to yourself, you know, that's me. That's exactly how I would operate there. 
is this guy risible? I mean, is this guy actually a buffoon here? Are we laughing at this guy? If so, I need to be laughing at myself. Yeah, it gets exactly uncomfortable. I would do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was watching. Uh, I was watching <laughs> old, uh, um, some old. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. It dates me a lot. Some old Carry On movies the other day, and it was one of the very first ones it was because I'd been watching Doctor Who and um, and the earliest Doctor Who was a guy called William Hartnell. Those of you are not familiar, uh, and William Hartnell um, performed in the first as a sergeant in the first of the Carry On movies. Mm-hmm. Carry On Sergeant. And I thought, oh, I'd like to see William Hartnell performing in, in that role as well as the Doctor. So I watched it. Um, and there's a guy there who's kind of constantly questioning everything all the time. He's there and he's in a, he's in, there's this, he's, he's new to the platoon. He's being trained. It's like, it was like kind of, um, it was like, like kind of um, a national service. So these people got called up just after the war. Um, and he's constantly thinking, oh, you know, I don't feel well. Or, you know, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't swing from that rope. You know, I need like a, a message from my, you know, I, I need a, a note written to get me off this. Yeah. There's a constant list of excuses why he can't do things. He can't talk to this girl he likes because, you know, uh, it would give him a panic attack and he couldn't do this and he couldn't do that. And I thought, oh, my God, this is this is me. Just <laughs> constantly overthinking situations and constantly, you know, too too tightly I'm reflecting on 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 on, on you know, where I am and how I'm feeling and you know what's going through my head and so on and it's just incapacitating him. And there's this kind of montage where eventually the kind of I think it's like the, the MO, the kind of medical officer, uh, just takes him to a series of specialists hmm. and just ticks off on a list all the things that are not wrong with him. And, you know, psychologically perfectly stable, you know, physically perfectly well, you know, da 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 da. And he comes out the end thinking, so so there's nothing. I'm okay, am I? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're fine, and then suddenly that kind of changes his his his, his state of mind. So he he wanders, and he's all kind of confident. He talks to this girl, and he kind of you know takes her out, and mm. he's winning all these kind of awards for for you know best soldier and kind of like swinging across you know rivers and all that kind of stuff. Um, and sometimes just something silly like that, you look at that and you're just thinking, oh no, that's me. You've held up a mirror here because there are people like that in the world who overthink things. Uh, and you're maybe you're in that category, so maybe this yeah. film is just showing the various kind of char- you know the characteristics of people. Well, there's a serious there's a serious point to that as well, isn't it? It's like I mean, that, not that that's not serious, but mm. um, we often talk about like representation, mm. and that's like something that's become more and more um, like important and and um, uh, obvious in 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 like media. And mm. so, how important was it? You know, um, I remember back in the seventies, um, you didn't see like many like um, uh, different races on TV mm. and stuff like that. And but you didn't think about it. I mean, I didn't think about it then, mm. obviously. But but now reflecting on it and being talked about it is so obviously true. So, seeing yourself in in like a in an imagined situation in whatever form is. It's 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 all it's it seems to be very important, you know. Mm. Um. So um. And the bigger point I think you made before. Um. I think one of the things that um in um one of your lectures that's always stayed with me that I thought was really good. Oh, thank you. Um. Yeah. You talked about. Oh, it might have been a lecture. It might have been a conversation we had at the time, but um. Mm. Uh. It was still good. Um. Why? <laughs> why? Um. People are so down on you know, science fiction, right? mm. or comic books or whatever. Um, and you said um, the world today is so complicated and there's lots of different ideas, you can't reflect that in the romantic novel. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yes. So yeah. the, the, mm. um, the, the art has to keep up with the, the sophistication. Mm. Yes. Yeah? Where, yes. Where something like, you know, um, 
superheroes or whatever mm. Mm. seems so one you know one dimensional mm. they can be taken and used in 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 great um kind of experiments thought experiments yeah yeah, yeah. 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 that's one of the great defenses of, of of fantasy and the science fiction john hmm. in general um that it is it is infinitely variable infinitely flexible i mean the original hmm. kind of doctor whom we mentioned earlier on um kind of uh, uh, theme was well we can do anything because you know you can travel anywhere in space and time um so you can explore all kinds of thought experiments you're not limited whereas if you're in a if you're right i mean i'm not trying to denigrate other forms of of, of writing or other kinds of film or theater but if you're doing a a, a film about victorian london hmm. then you are already constrained in a way by uh, by history if you're going to do it properly, you're constrained by, well, this is the way people operated. This was the kind of politics of the time. This is how people dressed. These are the attitudes. So we have, we've already got that there. Whereas if you're operating in the 30th century, mm. uh, in a sense, you can make stuff up uh, and just and just see what happens. You know, What would happen if this was the state of play? Mm. Um, what would happen if you, you know, if you met a future version of yourself? Because you know, time trap is possible. You know, what if? So that what if that what what if kind of um, um, agenda is something that that is very strong, and that's I think why the theatre, in general, why even even in the midst of of criticisms, intellectual, epistemic, even ontological criticisms of theatre from the likes of Plato, mm. uh, and criticisms of of the theatre kind of you know on, on moral grounds from the church. Um, and even even a kind of denigration of the theatre um, in the early days of cinema, when you had this very, even though you had the stars, mm. they were very much at the at the behest of and the control of the the studio system. Mm-hmm. So the studios owned them, lock, stock, and barrel, uh, uh, and they were very much the puppets. So once you reached, you know, once you 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 know you you you, you couldn't break a contract. Once you'd done what the studio wanted you to do and you were finished, and then they could finish you like that. You had mm. no particular control over your creative output. Or whatever, so all that negativity about the whole kind of thing. Um, nevertheless, theatre, drama, the arts in general still persist, and I think they persist because, at one level or another, they allow us to ex- they allow us to experiment um, mm. in ways which we couldn't experiment in in our ordinary lives. You know, I can't. You know, I can't just you know say to, okay. You know, uh, I am now, and we're always second guessing ourselves on this. You know, mm. particularly, I mean, your children are still fairly young. My, you know, my daughter's in her early twenties, uh, uh, and you know, hi, sauce, if you're there, uh, I, you know, with respect, and you know, we all we all operate this way. Um, there are things that I wouldn't say mm-hmm. outright to my daughter, mm-hmm. to my child, even if I wanted an answer, even if I wanted to kind of you know suggest something, I might say, well, I'm not going to say that. Because I don't think that's going to go well mm-hmm. if I say this. I, you know, it might be something I want to say. It might be something that might be, you know, valuable to say. But actually, I'm not convinced that this is going to work. Um, yeah. But in in theatre, you can ask those questions. Yeah. You can say, well, let's just create a situation where where you have these people asking the difficult questions, or, you know, actually voicing that, uh, and then see what see what could possibly happen. It's like um, the um, the um, the fall, isn't it? And um, and um, uh, Oscar Wilde uh, said that as well. It's like if you're telling somebody the truth, make sure to make them laugh, otherwise they kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, that's Plato, isn't it? You know, you don't don't lead people out of the cave and say, "Come on, this way." You guys have been living a lie because they will kill. They will kill. Nobody wants to hear that. Yeah. So you have to you have to kind of dress it up somehow. Yeah. Um, and in a way, I mean, Hegel says this. Hegel says that that, that you know. 
um, that a, a lot of religion is theatre. It's just dressing up philosophical ideas which mm. are just too unpalatable for most people to digest. Mm. So, you know, they're not going to digest the dialectic. They're not going to get that, but they might just buy the idea of the Trinity. They might just buy the idea of, a, of you know, God uh, and a spirit uh, uh, and, uh, and God being in three parts. Mm. That, might, that might still work. Um, and then you've got, you know, and you know, you've got people saying, well, you know, that's how Christianity was so so successful because it, it took Platonism, for example, mm. and domesticated it, you know, create mm-hmm. created a theatre around it, created a drama about, around it, about you know, about some celestial um, um, uh, existence where the real stuff went on, and about a kind of like a physical shadowy manifestation of that uh, on, on Earth, where you know. God becomes incarnate, takes on physical form, um, and then ultimately gets translated back into that kind of ideal state again. At the same time, leading you know, leading people out of their kind of the their, their dark cave of sin and ignorance into the. Um, uh, and people say, you know, well, no, nobody would have read Plato. Mm-hmm. Most people wouldn't have got it. Um, but they'll sit and they'll watch they'll watch an episode of you know, Every Which Way Is Galilee. Or whatever. <laughs> Sorry, I don't, I don't mean to trivialise, but um, you know that's that's something that people can get their heads around. So yeah. um, it's another way of you know it's it's another way of communicating ideas mm. um, that goes beyond that, that that you know that transcends that transcends the purely kind of didactic and transcends the purely kind of propositional. It's not just I am now going to. And education has been doing this for ages now, and, and mm. it's becoming more and more a case. Um, a lot of universities and tutors are moving away from, uh, have been moving away from the traditional. You stand up, you lecture for an hour, mm. uh, and then you know, and then you send your students away and you have a seminar, um, because you know it's generally understood for right or wrong that students don't have that level of concentration. So you have mm-hmm. to find more ways of enacting um, the experience to, ha- to draw to... the audience in yeah. and that kind of stuff. I always used to resent those guys. Who used to go up to the podium and leave their like dictaphones? <laughs> oh God, yeah. I was yeah. like, no, no, no. We're here. We might yeah. as well not be here then. <laughs> mm, yeah, you're not process. I mean, that's it. You know, if you, you know, if you're doing that, you're not processing mm-hmm. the data. You're not, you're not living the experience here. Yeah, yeah. All you're doing is you're taking that kind of passive transmission of information. Mm-hmm. And I often say to students, you know, your 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 qualification is you don't just turn up with an empty box mm. um, and just fill that box up with data. Mm. And that's your qualification. That's your degree, your educational experience. Anybody can do that, particularly now when we're information rich. Mm. You can just go to, you can Google. You can be an expert in inverted commas on most topics by just going to Google and typing in, you know, mm. questions, and you'll get the data. But experiencing, living with that data, using it as a problem-solving tool, mm. um, applying it to your own existence, cross-fertilizing it with other data, all that kind of synthetic activity is something you you have to do you can't just you know you can't yeah. just assimilate that exactly.